Praise God. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you, folks. You may sit down this morning. Um, one of the things we didn't hear about this morning, I think we need to, is uh, Jerry share with us how things went on um, on Saturday or on uh, Friday. How many dinners did you do? Four hundred and sixty-seven. Okay. It was cold. Okay. That's okay, Dave. Never mind. <laughs> I made a mistake. We got it. Um, that is really good, though. Thanks, David. David doesn't. David and Jim do a great job serving us, don't they? I don't know everybody's name. Uh, didn't Kendall do a good job last week? Yeah. Uh, Fred, we we got a we got a winner. I want to share with you uh, the transfiguration story. Let's um, look at the scripture together in, in Luke chapter 9. It was about eight days after these words that Jesus was spoken. He took um, along with him Peter and John and James and went up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. And his clo- clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there were two men talking with him, Moses and Elijah. They appeared in glory, and they were speaking of his death, which he was about to accomplish in Jerusalem. How would you like to be in on that conversation? It's just crazy, isn't it? Peter and those with him were in a deep sleep, and when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and saw Moses and Elijah who were standing there with him. As the two men were departing from him, Peter said to Jesus, Wait, 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 wait. Maybe we should just camp out here for a while. Let's make some tabernacles, three of them, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And not knowing what he was saying, while he was saying this, a cloud appeared and overshadowed them. They became afraid. As they entered the cloud, then they heard that voice coming from the cloud saying, This is my son, the chosen one. Listen to him. And the voice, after the voice had spoken, only Jesus was found. And they kept silent in those days and told no one what they had seen. I, I have a hard time, Peter, keeping that quiet. But he did. This is the word of God for his people. Praise God. Praise God. A long time ago, about a thousand years ago, there was these town criers that would come and tell you the good news of everything that was going on, the bad news of things that was going on. And these, these crown tire uh, criers would get in the middle of um, a place where they have like, um, what are those mob things that they do today, you know? Flash mob, you know? And, and that, they come and do the same thing. But these, these guys would get together and they'd get in a crowded place and start yelling out, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. They didn't have a microphone, but everybody would shut up because what they were saying was, listen, I have something to say and you need to hear it. And that's what happened with uh, Peter and James and John. They became the town criers. From this moment on, um, they were in a different relationship with Jesus. And I believe that every time that we have one of these experiences, we get into a different relationship with Jesus. The moment we accept him as our Lord and Savior, that's an ozy thing. 
where we listen to somebody say something about that somehow through a crisis or an intervention that you had to have or a tragedy, no matter what it was, somehow or another in that valley there was a mountaintop experience. And that's what these kids had, a mountaintop experience. And, and if, if we are going to great gain anything out of this, we need to hear what, what happened there and see if that experience won't help us in our time today, 2,000 years later, when we need those same, that same mountaintop experience and have that, um, sh- that power cloud overshadow us and we hear the voice. Good, good job. You're doing a good job. Well done. Just keep listening. <laughs> and I think we have a hard time with that. But if you listen to the story closely, let me give you three things that I, dr- I glean out of it today. This is probably my third or fourth time of really preaching on the um, transfiguration. But I think today, in our day and age today, one of the things we need to do uh, sometimes to experience God is to get woken up. Amen? We're asleep, friends. We're asleep. I hate to say it. Uh, I think most of us, I don't want to be, you know, judgmental or anything, but most of us need something to help us break the cycle that we're in. We're in a cycle that doesn't include God at all. We're in a cycle that includes God only when we need him. We're in a, we're in a cycle that says, you know, I don't need that mountain-type experience. Everything's going okay. And I think if, if you listen to everything that was going on in the Ukraine, they, they didn't believe it until the bomb started coming. And that's the way we are. We're no different than, than those folks over there now, um, hoping they make it from day to day. Or just last week, they, you know, they were right there, but they, no, they're not going to do it. Our problem is, is we, we need an awakening experience. I, I think it, if we haven't had one, we should uh, have one that um, tells us who we are and who Christ is in our lives in a way that gets us through those valleys and through those times of, of struggle. Um, those times come. I, I, I'm praying for the mission trip because that's when, that's when those, you experience those mountaintop times. You know, when you're out with people and doing things and, and experiencing those, those times when you're, you're pretty much just you guys. You know, you don't have your TV. You don't have your, your um, um, well, you would do today, don't you? You can get anywhere today. You know? So uh, maybe you should have a rule. No, no. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. It, it, we need those times where we can focus in literally just on Christ and who he is in our lives. I, I, I have had, I, I've had several of these mountaintop experiences. Just let me share one with you, and it was in Brunerdale Seminary. I don't know if you know of Brunerdale Seminary. It was one of the last Catholic seminaries here in northeastern Ohio, in Canton. It was in Canton, Ohio, and it was a tremendous seminary. At one time, they had over 400 kids going to school there, but when I got there in the, in the early 90s, there was uh, 10 monks and two priests running this 180-acre farm and this great big cathedral that was there. Well, we, we had a, a, a retreat 
This was um, the East Ohio Manual Emmaus Week um, Retreat Number Four, and um, I said at the table of St. Luke, I know that doesn't mean anything to anybody, but that does. Okay, good. We had a great table. <laughs> we were in a lot of trouble, but um, <coughs> there was people there. Uh, uh, all religions, some no, non-religion. They didn't go to church anywhere, but they wanted to experience Christ in a different way. And um, there was Lutherans there, Baptists there, Catholics there, um, and Pentecostals. There was a couple uh, uh, great Pentecostal friends out there that have been friends since these t- all these times. And Saturday night, after we had been in session all day of growing closer to Christ through, I think, 10, 10 lectures that day, we had communion Saturday night, and, um, and in this chapel where we had communion, they now serve wine, but it's not blessed. It's a restaurant now, but um, sad commentary. Anyways, um, we took communion that night, and a Baptist pastor was going to serve the Protestants, and a, uh, one of the Catholic priests was going to serve all those who were um, Catholic. And as we went through the service, I don't know what happened, but there was a cloud that came down. And when it was time to hand out the elements, the Catholic priest leaned over and said something to the Baptists, and they switched everything. He took the bread and set down his communion cup. The priest took the cup and set down his communion bread. There was about 40 people there, I suppose. We're all tired, we're all half asleep. And in the midst of it, the most powerful thing in the world happened. And that priest gave communion to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Do you understand the significance behind that? That priest gave communion to everybody, gave the cup to everybody that walked up there. And it was just an overwhelming time. And we all knew the significance of it. And the power of it. The next morning, the priest uh, got up and he said, well, I went to com- confession this morning. <laughs> and he said, I confessed that I gave it to you heathen Protestants. <laughs> and he said, but it was great, wasn't it? And he, he, he spent a little bit of time talking about the cloud that overshadowed that whole cathedral that night, that, that, that uh, sanctuary. And... Um, and um, how he wasn't disheartened about it at all and didn't repent of doing it. Praise God. Praise God. I suppose he still got in trouble. <laughs> anybody anybody here, can you think of one right, right now of a time that you were in that, in that place where God just overshadowed you? I, I'm telling you. Sure. Yeah, praise God. And
Yeah. 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 God. Yeah, with Ictus, the youth, yes, yeah. Yeah, we probably were at the same one. Ictus with 15. Yeah, yeah. Promise keepers. Yeah. Tell you, it's just uh, fantastic. Those are the times... Those experiences, and I hope that you can draw one of those up. And if you can't, that's okay, because God is still going to do it. If you will, you have to be there and be awake to listen. Amen? Let me give you another thought real quick. Um, I think the one thing that causes us to be in the presence of God, to be able to hear him and, uh, and listen to him, is, is that we learn from this passage that we need to experience the time, those times of prayer. Christ uh, always was doing what he did this day. He was always going aside and going up to a mountain, going into a vineyard, going someplace where he could be alone with God, his Father. Um, the problem of it is, is here, here Jesus took these three friends of his with him, people that he cared about immensely, and he took them with him, and all they, all they ever, you know, all they ever want to do is sleep when they get away with him. He took them to the garden. What they do? Sleep, you know. And, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, they're sleeping, and Jesus is enjoying the presence of being with his father. They're sleeping, and Jesus is, and the, the two prophets are talking about when he's going to go home, um, preparing himself for all this thing, all these things that are going to happen, and what is what is the people that is closest to him doing? They're not awake. They're still asleep, and they get to the end of it. How many opportunities? Now, listen, friends. Let's not be judgmental on them. Let's ask ourselves this morning: How many opportunities have we missed simply because we don't want to get out of our ritual? or we're too tired, we've got something else going, and we miss those opportunities for the cloud to overshadow us. Personally, I can't wait till the kids come back and, and from this mission trip in southern Ohio and, and, and tell the stories of where they saw Christ, just like with um, your nurses, you know. Um, uh, that question, I think, should cause us all to squirm a little bit that we are not putting ourselves in a position in a position through prayer because prayer is where we come into that presence of God and if you don't understand that read Psalm 27 4 and, um, and, and, and grab a hold of the presence of God where we have the opportunity to listen to what he's saying to us I know he talks to us in other ways but both ways are usually overshadowed because of our, our own struggle with having quiet time and having um, a, a focus that we're doing what we're doing for the glory of God, you know. Listening to God is not listening to me or listening to a friend or listening to your parents. It's listening to the, the creator of this world, the redeemer of our soul. 
Um, it, it's listening so much that the word listening uh, in some Greek languages uh, words is actually obeying. The only way we get to, uh, get to be in that um, time of prayer is, is um, by obeying what he said. And what did he say? Pray without ceasing. What did he say? Come to me and I will take care of everything. But you've got to come. And we miss the opportunities of being in the presence of God um, so much. <laughs> it's, it's like the little kid who was in school and his teacher was talking and sharing about everything that they needed to know and it was obvious he wasn't listening. So she grabbed him by the ear and she took him over and set him down on a ch- chair and at a table all by himself. And he said, he said to, she said to him, here, you sit here if you're not going to listen. That's pretty good, you know. Hopefully he started listening, but I doubt it. Because just a couple minutes later, she's talking, a little girl raised her hand, and you know what she said? I'm not listening either. Can I go over and sit with him? That's what we are. I'm not listening, God. Can I go over there and sit with the people that aren't listening? Mm, I'm sorry, friends. We're not praying because we don't know how to do it right, and we don't know how to say the right words. Fifty-one years ago, I just said, God, I don't know if you're there, but I need you. Was that the right prayer? Was it the right way to do it? I didn't get down. I didn't lay down on the floor and raise my hands above my head. I didn't, you know, I just lay in a bed stoned. said, Lord, I'm sorry, but I need you. And guess what? He heard that prayer. Yeah, I remember being in seminary and we were taking a class on how to pray in public and um, we had 18 books Jeff, 18 books for that stinking class we had to write a a five page paper every week and finally one of the younger students looked at our professor who was a doctor and he said to her said to him, Doctor, um, can you just tell us how to pray? And we had all these 18 books, you know, and we'd been talking about praying publicly and privately and doing this. And the professor looked at him and says, yeah, I can tell you exactly how to do it. Forget everything I just said and ask God. Forget everything I've just taught you these 14 weeks. It means nothing. Ask God. Mm, that's what we need to do, friends. Quote, reading about praying, quit studying about praying, quit making sure we do it right and open our heart to him. And guess what? We'll have that shadow. That, that cloud will over, overcome us and we'll hear his voice and we'll have a chance to listen. Why, why is it so important that we have these mountaintop experiences? We should ask ourselves them. I don't need them. You know, I'm doing okay. But I think when we, when we don't have the mountaintop experience, we miss a vital point that we hear here. If you listen to the scripture real close and go to all the other scriptures, you hear the other gospels that tell the story. You hear that Jesus literally tells the John and Peter and um, um, who am I missing? John and Peter and huh? James. He says to them, don't say anything about what you've just seen. I don't know if I was Peter, I'd say, yeah, right. You know? But Jesus said to them, he said, here's when you want to talk about this. He said, I want you to talk about this after 
after I have died and risen. I want you to wait till the after. Well, friends, I want to tell you what. You ready for this? Tag. You're it. Because it's after. It's after, and we have the responsibility, the greatest responsibility in the world, the highest privilege that you and I have is what Peter, James, and John had the moment Christ rose from the dead. And I'm sure, I'm, I, I, can't, I wasn't there, but I'm sure Peter said, <laughs> guys, I've been dying to tell you something, you know? And that's what we should be doing. Guys, I'm dying to tell you about what happened. I, can't, I just can't believe what happened to me. I experienced Christ in a, in a powerful way. I, I often think when I think about that experience in Christ, I think about Al, Albert Schweitzer, you know. It, 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 he, was, he was overshadowed by that cloud of the presence of God reading a, a letter from a missionary in Africa. And the missionary said, it's, the need is so terrible down here, and I wish somebody who was reading this would listen, listen and come. And Albert Schweitzer, 1913, read that, and he bowed his head and he said, okay, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm coming. He heard him speak to him, and he was listening to him, and of course in 1945 or 54 or sometime around there, he won the Nobel Peace Prize. Went down there and started building hospitals like crazy. All because he just listened. Was in that state of saying, okay, God, I want to do what you want me to do. Just send me where you want me to send to go, and he went to Africa. Now, we're not all called to go to Africa. You know where we're called to? LaGrange. Amen? Um, Grafton, Wellington, wherever you're at, wherever you're close to, uh, everybody around us, we have the greatest responsibility, the highest privilege to do nothing more than share that mountaintop experience with all of our friends. If you haven't had one, get in a position to have one, friends. Seek your presence with God. Get closer to him. Read his word. And pray and, and, and seek his face. It's all around Psalm 27.4. Amen? All right. A lot more to share, but let's pray this morning. God, on this Transfiguration Sunday, we come before you and say to you, if we don't know you as our Lord and Savior, help us to solve that problem. There's an altar right here, Lord. Help us to just come up and say, Lord, I need you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I accept you as my Savior. Just help us to have that experience. That experience alone would be the cloud coming over so we could hear what you have to say to us. Help us to do whatever we're doing with, uh, with an open heart and a right heart today. When we're seeking, seeking you, Lord. And then help us. Help us to take on that great commandment that you've given us to go. We accept the responsibility, Lord. It's awesome. We, ex- we, we accept that privilege. Hmm. It's just unbelievable. Help us, Lord. To share your grace and your love upon all of our hearts to anyone you send our way. We pray this in your son's name and for his glory today. And all of God's children said, amen, amen, amen.